Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. So today marks the start of a season in the church known as Advent. And this is the time when we begin making preparations for the coming of the Christ King. How many of you have already started decorating your houses? A lot of you. Okay, how many of you finished before Thanksgiving? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. How many of you never took them down from last year? There's a few, there's always a few, you know, I, I'm one of those that has gotten in my, uh, in, through the years, that tree has stayed up a little bit longer and a little bit longer. I now have a Mardi Gras tree and an Easter tree. I just hate for it to go away. So I was so happy to see it come back again. You know, one of the ways that we prepare for Christmas is through the singing of Christmas songs. And so every week in church, we'll sing a few more of those. You heard O Come, O Come, Emmanuel this morning and Gloria, and you'll hear many, many more. It's just one of those common threads that runs throughout the years. We sing those same songs over and over. One of my favorites has always been Joy to the World. Y'all ever heard of that song? Maybe a few of you, yes. This is the 300th anniversary of that song. It was actually written by Isaac Watts. It wasn't written to be a song at all, though he is a pretty prolific hymn writer, but he wrote it as a poem. He was creating a book of poems based on the different psalms, and so he chose Psalm 98 for this one, and he wrote a beautiful poem based on that psalm, and a hundred years later, someone was reading it and set it to music. And so Isaac actually never heard it as a song, but it became one of the most popular Christmas songs, and it's actually sung throughout the year Joy to the world. And so kind of in honor of that, thinking about that, we're gonna read today as a way of beginning Advent and thinking about praising God and preparing our hearts. We're gonna read Psalm 98, and that's our scripture reading today. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open them to that Psalm, or it'll also be on the screen behind me, or you can just listen. Hear these words. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. And let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and all who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Do you hear a little bit of the inspiration for joy to the world in that? I couldn't help but notice the ways that heaven and nature sing in that particular psalm. 
all the earth break forth into joyous song. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the floods clap their hands and the hills sing together for joy. It reminds me a little bit of some of the words of the prophet Isaiah that we often hear read at Christmas as well, where it says, sing for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, O earth, burst into song, you mountains and forests and all you trees. And then later Isaiah says, all the trees will clap their hands and the mountains and hills will burst forth into song. It seems that scripture is filled with different places in which the earth itself and all its creatures sing to God. In the book of Job, God himself indicated that nature sings when he said, the morning stars sang together when the foundation of the earth was laid and all the angels sang for joy. I've been thinking a lot about that lately, thinking about the ways in which all the world around us seems to be singing songs of praise to God, there seems to be this rhythm to life that I think more and more we are really unaware of as we tend to be inside more and not always out in nature or we get to this place where we don't even notice the stars anymore because the lights are so bright. And I I think that as we become more disconnected, we sometimes miss the ways in which creation is praising God. A few weeks ago, Kim Alexander shared with us this video clip from a sermon that Louis Giglio did, and it was called Stars and Whales. Great, great sermon. And in this sermon, he talks about the ways in which creation is constantly praising God, and he says it's not just a metaphor. He said that the stars really do sing to God if you are able to just listen. He talked about a star, the Vela Pulsar. It's a thousand light years away and it's a highly magnetized neutron star. Anybody know what that means? Yeah, look, I knew Jeff. I knew Jeff Brantley was gonna know what that meant. Um, it spins on its axis 11 times per second. Does that impress any of y'all? If it doesn't impress you, Louis Giglio said you could go home and try to spin on your access 11 times per second and see if you could do it. And if you can't, then maybe it would impress you. But as it does that, it sends out a radio frequency and now through different technology that has developed, we are actually able to hear it. And so, um, so I wanted to play a little bit of the clip from his sermon and see if we can hear this Vela Pulsar. This is from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now, this is it. Listen to this. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, that blew me away. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. You're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something? Or what, what, what does all that mean? I don't know what it means, but, and I don't want to you know, go too crazy here, but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148, verse 3, and says, it says, praise him, sun and moon, and all you shining stars. We're a shining star. We should praise him. Well, how are we going to praise him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to him. 
I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. We'll show you the picture of it here. It's about um, 16,700 light years away from where we are. And you can see just this brilliant, it looks like a sort of shoved a lot of diamonds together into a pile. It's an um, unbelievable number of stars there. Look at these, they blow up that central place right there. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. 23 millisecond pulsars are there, and we've recorded 16 of them. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are making this sound right now. God has his own string section. <laughs> but of course, it is not just the stars that are singing. The other day, I was over in Lincoln Parish Park and was just amazed listening to the sound of the wind blowing through the trees and the way in which I was thinking the trees were clapping their hands and the sound of the leaves as they blew and they would fly off the tree and they would go along and rustle on the ground And I was thinking of these songs of praise. You ever gone outside at night, you know the frogs and the crickets and all the other bugs make this incredible chorus in the evenings. Who are they singing to? Maybe to one another, but maybe it is that part of creation and the majesty of it is they're singing to God. Even under the ocean, the whales sing a song we know Louis has a clip of that too. Let's listen. The the whale songs could sound like this right here. Take a listen. kind of fun, isn't it? So very cool. All the earth break forth into joyous song. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming. Who is coming? The Lord is coming. Why does creation praise him? Elizabeth Actemeyer said that praise is the creature's answer to the love that God displays. And creation's praise is like an echo of God's love. You may remember from the book of Genesis that six times God looks at creation and says, it is good, it is good, it is good. And one time God even says, it is very good. 
And so maybe it is that creation sings back to God and echoes this. As God says, it is good, creation says, yes, indeed, it is very good. And in this way, creation points towards the creator always and everywhere, all day. But you know what's really interesting about this? You know, of all the creatures on this earth and beyond, you know the one most reluctant to praise God? It's us. It is us. The ones whom God has given a unique ability to think in incredible ways, to reason, to understand things that maybe the rest of creation does not. This higher order thinking which puts us at the top of the food chain. And yet, we are the ones most reluctant to praise God. Kind of makes you wonder if maybe we're not the ones that are on the higher order of things. We have to be encouraged to praise God. We have to be sometimes even drug in here and forced to do so. Sometimes we do it out of a great joy with excitement, but sometimes not so much. Maybe it is because by nature we as human beings tend to crave attention and like to be the center of it. And sometimes because of that, our praise can sound like that discordant note we talked about a few weeks ago. And worst of all, sometimes as human beings, our sin attempts to silence creation and attempts to silence God. If you think about the birth story of Jesus, right away from the very beginning there is this tension there related to his birth. Those that do not want him to arrive. Those that very quickly begin to try and silence him. Remember in Matthew, it tells the story of King Herod and how King Herod ordered that all children, all little boys under the age of two years old should be killed because he was so threatened by the birth of this child. And so the cries of joy and happiness over the birth of their sons turned into a different kind of cry as those children's voices were silenced. And Mary and Joseph had to flee to Egypt in order to save Jesus's life. How sad and ironic that God when he comes as the word, as the very voice, has to run away and hide from the creatures that he has come to save and that he has so lovingly created. Pastor Dean Paulette says, despite this, there's still hope for us as God's creation. He says, although we have given God nothing but trouble since we were made, and that's not entirely true. We've also, because we are capable of marvelous and wonderful things too, but God, even though we are this mixed bag, God still sees us and looks on us with love. He has never washed his hands of us. Yahweh wouldn't let us go. He wouldn't let death be the last word. He wouldn't let us fall into silence. He still believed in us. He believed in our potential. He believed that we could again join the great orchestra of creation. The Christmas story really reveals the limitless patience of the creator that he continues to bother with us at all. 
when he sets out to restore humanity. Jesus says later as he grows up that we are a far greater value than the sparrows or the whales or the trees or even the jewels upon the earth that that God values us so much that he came into this world to speak a word to us, to remind us of our song because he saw that we had forgotten. We had forgotten who we were, who we are. You know, God loves you that much. And as human creatures, we have all the more reason to praise our God. We should be the ones leading the chorus, the loudest of them all, finding ways not to allow God's voice to be silenced in this world. Because I can tell you there are many, even right now, fighting hard to do so not necessarily maliciously. Sometimes it's just this apathetic kind of thing that happens over time so that when the stories aren't being told, when we have ceased to be the agents of praise for God, the world begins to fall into this kind of eerie silence. But it doesn't have to be that way. This is the invitation of Advent. We come into this place and we defiantly sing our songs. What's really cool is no matter what church you go to this Christmas season, this Advent season, this is the time of year when we all sing the same song. It's like we're joining together in this unified chorus despite our denominational differences. If you go to traditional worship, they'll sing a lot of the songs we sing here this time of year. If you go over to the bridge or you go to First Baptist or you go to Temple, we're all singing this common song. It's like for just a little while, we remember. We remember that we were created to praise our God. Don't you wanna be part of that song? Don't you wanna join in with the rest of creation and sing praise to your God? It is a beautiful thing when we are able to do so regardless of where we are. Even in places of doubt, we sing our songs. Even in times of grief, we sing our songs. We come together to remember because we are better together. Together we make this beautiful praise for our God. So Louis, at the end of his sermon, he took the sounds of the stars and then the sounds of the whales, and he put them together in only the way that Louis Giglio can do, and he created something. So let's listen. Isn't that cool? That's just two pulsars. And so we're gonna put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there, the ones you just heard, here they come.
got something going. But I was asking what you're asking because some people, some people need it really clear. Like, what are they singing? And we tried this, and you just got to know this is unedited. We just dropped this on. And this is what happened. This is what they might be singing. stars today. Merry Christmas. <laughs> there it is. You know, all around us, if we are attentive, God is speaking to us. My prayer for you as you prepare your heart for the coming of Jesus is that you hear him again in new and beautiful ways. When you walk outside and you hear the sound of the birds singing when you hear the wind blowing through the trees and the bushes that you might hear him, you might feel their song of praise and you might allow it to lift you from wherever you are, that it might be this place of faith for you. Maybe it's just the courage to just take one more step, to do the next right thing, to use your life, to join their chorus and maybe to allow God to use you to even lead that chorus wherever you are. I know that our world needs to hear that song. They need to hear how great our God is. They need to hear that we are not alone in this mess. That we serve a God who is the God of redemption, the God of hope, the God who loves us more than we could ever love ourselves or we could love each other, the God who when we hurt one another picks us back up again, the God who sees our tears and redeems them. One of the ways that we celebrate this is in the sacrament of Holy Communion where Jesus knew that his life was short. He knew that soon those would come that would try to silence him permanently, but he also knew that though the journey towards it would be hard, that he would rise again. And so he created this final act 
of love. And he broke the bread that was at the table with his disciples and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. When you come together through the generations, eat from it and remember. And so we do remember, we remember that though we are many, we are one in Jesus Christ. And he took the cup and he blessed it and he said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from it often in remembrance of me. And so we do, we drink from this cup and we remember, we remember that though our sin often separates us from God, nothing ultimately can separate us if we but turn around and receive his forgiveness. And so this moment we ask his spirit to come and be poured out into these gifts of bread and cup that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we might go from this place empowered to be his hands and feet in the world. You know, this is God's table. It is not a United Methodist table. It's not my table. It's God's. And you are all invited to come and to receive the great gift of his love. As you come, If you have your pledge cards and you want to bring those to the altar, we have baskets on either side and you're welcome to do that as part of that celebration of what God has done in your life. As we serve communion, we will have just four stations. So there'll be one in front of each of these sections and a gluten-free station over here and you just exit in this way and then come back the opposite way. Let us pray. How great are you, God, and greatly to be praised. God, help us not to be a people intimidated to speak words of truth and love and hope in this world. Don't allow us to give in to this idea that it would be better if we were but silent. Instead, God, may we praise you. May we praise you with our lives. May we praise you with all that we do. Thank you for the gifts of this table, for the mystery that it is. May it wrap us, envelop us, and may we rise up from the kneeling rails, forgiven, redeemed, and ready to go forward and serve you. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.